Hello and welcome to the program. Rich and Lori are originally from Chicago and the surrounding suburbs. They relocated to South Florida in 2010, and they have been active in the area, enjoying a climate that allows for more pleasurable year-round recreation and activities. Let's see and or hear what Rich and Lori in South Florida have to share with us about where to go and what to do. Hi, and welcome to the Rich and Lori in South Florida podcast and YouTube channel. I'm Rich, by name only. I must be Lori. And together we're out here in the Everglades. This episode is going to be devoted strictly to the Everglades, and in particular, a place called Anhinga Trail. It's also called Royal Palm on the sign that directs you in here, but it's the Anhinga Trail, and it's a place where people from all over the world come back and basically walk this trail and look for alligators. It's it's a popular place to see alligators back here. We just want to make sure, that for those of you watching the video, this particular shooting location is Long Pine Campground, which we're going to cover in a future series. But we thought this would be a great backdrop to share with you the beauty of the Everglades. So let's start with our drive into the park. Yeah, it's easy to get in here. There's a gate that you go through. You pay a fee, or if you're a senior, you can get a pass for $55 for the year. And that gets you into not only this national park but all of the national parks in the country it's relatively inexpensive we have been in here probably a hundred times at least it's one of our favorite places as Lori said we're not in the Anhinga Trail filming this we're in Long Pine Key and we're going to devote a whole episode to that but this particular place and this picnic bench and this backdrop is where we often come in the mornings we make breakfast out here and the, in the evenings the sunsets are just breathtaking yeah, you, can, you might be able to hear a little bit of the breeze that seems to blow around here most of the time. This time of year, there's hardly any bugs whatsoever. We've not had to spray off on at all, and it's just gorgeous out here. And this is, for those of you who are watching this later, this is mid-January that we're filming. Yeah, we mentioned uh, the Everglades, and you've heard me talk about the Nike Missile Base. We were just happy and fortunate enough to meet Daniel. He's the uh, I guess we can call him our boss for the volunteers. He, uh, Hey, Daniel, you got a minute? Come on over here. Let's talk about this for a minute. All right, this is our friend Daniel from Everglades National Park. He's also the guy that runs the whole the whole Nike system. The Nike yeah. Missile site, historic Nike Missile site. I work out there, as I mentioned, on one of the other podcasts on Thursdays from 10 to 2, and Daniel kind of oversees that whole thing out there. Yes, I um, help coordinate the Nike Missile site, and I oversee these wonderful volunteers that help make it possible for visitors to access this historic site. And I know I, you, you probably think I told him to say that, but I really didn't. <laughs> All right, we just wanted to meet Daniel, and uh, we're going to go inside and show you some more of the Coe Visitor Center. Hope you guys enjoy. Bye. There's also inside the Coe Visitor Center, there's a gift shop. A lot of it is closed down because of the pandemic right now, but there's a great gift shop. There's clothing, and they've got a great supply of books and videos that talk about the Everglades. Yeah, they have clothes and they have really cool trinkets. They have probably any kind of book that you would ever want on South Florida and the Everglades that you might have a hard time finding anywhere else, not in print. They have kids' games. They have puzzles. They have the collector coins for the national parks. It's a great little uh, gift shop to stop in and actually get some information about the local area as well as at the, the, well, the information desk with the rangers. 
Yeah, what else we got after that? Are we driving into the park? Oh, there's still some displays inside the co-visitor center that the, is closed right now, but you can see a little bit of them. And then also there's an area outside Co where they have rangers standing to give you directions. And what about that really nice back porch area that has a pond view? Oh yeah, why well, in the when we've been in, we've been in here when the co-visitor center has been packed with people. And there's rangers behind the counter and their job is to just direct people through the park and right now it's so strange because there's nobody here because of the pandemic but off the back of the building that Lori mentioned there's this patio that looks out over this expanse of water that's just breathtaking and occasionally we've seen an alligator in that water it's not uncommon alligators out here I keep saying they're kind of like dogs they're they're everywhere and they're really more afraid of you than you are of them unless you trap them then I'm sure they could get aggressive but generally they really don't bother you. They just lay there and soak up the sun and give you a chance to take pictures of them. Yeah, what, we also have a junior ranger program there. Do you know a little bit about that, Rich? Yeah, when we worked in the co-visitor center last year, there was some, some times when the parks were closed by the government and the government employees and the rangers weren't allowed to work. So they hired volunteers and we worked behind the counter. And we learned about a, a junior ranger program, which is great for the kids. There's all kinds of attention that the kids get. There's a test that takes them through, oh, what would you call it? It's kind of like a... Uh, like a scavenger hunt? Like a scavenger hunt where they send the kids through the park and they find all kinds of things and they note them in a book and they color pictures and they name the animals. And when the kids accomplish the end goal, they're rewarded with a hat and a little vest that they put on that says Junior Ranger. It's really cool. And when we made the the uh, commencement or the awards in the co-visitor center i mean it brings tears to your eyes to see how excited these kids get yeah it's a great program that was a lot of fun well as we were driving into the park a lot of people who come to the everglades they just drive too fast and they keep going but one of the best places to see alligators is in the culverts and we just happened to stop at one of the culverts that rich is going to show you about yeah if you're watching this on the video you'll hear uh, you'll hear uh, my little narration about this alligator we just happened to see on the side of the road the culverts are the things where water goes underneath the road on both sides and as Lori mentioned people drive through here they fly through here and they drive right past half of this stuff and some people think the Everglades is nothing but a swamp and it's it's everything but a swamp the water looks crystal clear you could it looks like you could drink it and here in this video, you'll see a shot of this alligator just laying in the sun. Everglades is also called the River of Grass. You can see this big alligator, probably 12 feet, just laying in the sun, sunning itself in this huge expanse of moving water that a lot of people think is a swamp, but it's actually crystal clear. And it's so beautiful and serene out here. Happens to be about 11 o'clock in the morning. This is typically what the Everglades look like. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's one of the biggest ones we've seen lately. Because even when we went into Ahinga Trail later, you'll see we didn't really spot too many big alligators. There is some signs that we see along the way too that I thought was one of the coolest things the first time we were in the park. I mean, to see a panther sign? Yeah. Yeah, diamond, uh, to test your driving skills and your driver's test, you remember what the diamond-shaped yellow sign meant? 
it means a warning, right? Well, we see warning signs with panthers on them. We certainly didn't see those when we were up in Chicago, but they're anywhere where panthers have been seen or are known to be, so you have to proceed with caution because of the... I guess they said, I don't know how many there are in the park. We saw one once. Yeah, we actually saw a panther. We'll see if we can find that picture and show it to you. It was crossing the road about 50 yards in front of us, but it was unmistakable. And since there are so few out here, it's really a, a rarity that you actually see one. Yeah, one time we were riding our bikes on a newly paved road, and along the side of the road was this white concrete dust. And we were there early in the morning and you could have visible footprints of a panther and a bear alternating walking out on the road. They walk on the dust and they would walk on the road and leave very distinct footprints and then walk back to the side of the road. It was really cool. And also we try to identify what's known as scat along the way. So sometimes we'll stop to see, well, whose poop is this? <laughs> Does a bear poop in the woods? Well, we found out they do. <laughs> Actually, those tracks that Lori was talking about we really didn't know at first what they were, so we took a picture of them and took them into the ranger station. And sure enough, we had been where a panther and a bear were walking together and leaving their footprints on the road. It was pretty mm. cool. Well, now that we've made it to the main parking for Ahinga, let's talk about the vultures and the tarps as well as the moss on the trees. Yeah, when you park your car in Ahinga Trail, there's warning signs that say don't leave your car unattended because the vultures Excuse you, you might hear that camper going by. The vultures actually eat your windshield wiper blades and they pick at the rubber that's around the window. So the park provides these huge canvases and tarps that you can drape over your car and hold them down with bungees while you walk on the Anhinga Trail. And the trees that Lori mentioned are Spanish moss trees. Spanish moss is a product that I just remember from my grandfather's 1953 Buick Roadmaster one of the seats had the seam on the seat had broken loose and I learned that back then they actually stuffed the interior with Spanish moss from these trees that was the makeup of the interior of the seat to make it soft so that was really interesting yeah you see that quite a quite a bit around here so now at the at Ahinga in addition to the tarps there are really really nice restrooms so you don't have to worry about that there is drinking water there is a gift shop that's open most of the time that has ice cream and a few snacks. It was open today, and so if it's open today, it'll probably be open the rest of the year, I'm guessing. And it is open year-round, generally. So then we first entered this little pond area, which was really cool. And one time when we were walking there, the alligator made the hugest noise, just scared me half to death. And I almost went running back to the car. It was so loud and just caught me off guard. It was funny. You generally see in in the summer you see a minimum of 50 maybe 75 people walking along this trail but as you look today there's only a handful again because of the pandemic the parks are are very lightly attended and the people that are here are all wearing masks they're very courteous they make sure that when they pass you or you pass them that they put their mask on and they expect you to put yours on as well but it's very safe back here and it's a it's a great place to spend a day. We've often picnicked back here, just bring sandwiches and something to drink and sit out here with Mother Nature like we are now. I mean, look behind us at this lake. It's unbelievable. When we do the Long Pine Key episode, we'll take you over to the other side of the lake where they have an outdoor amphitheater and a projected projection and a screen where they actually show nighttime 
uh, ranger programs. That's pretty cool too. I bet people are wondering if where we're sitting, because we are about 15 feet from this lake, wondering if there's an alligator in the lake. And I could bet you $100 that there's at least one alligator in this lake, because we have watched people sit exactly where we are, who are tourists, and we're trying to get a selfie with an alligator behind them, and they kept walking backwards. And we thought we were going to be watching them get eaten for dinner, but you really have to be careful and stay at least 15 feet away. But unless someone is hand-fed an alligator, you're pretty safe. It's not going to come after you. The walking path at Ahinga is really nice. Yeah, the Gumbo Limbo Trail walking path, that's another one. It's about a seven-eighths of a mile uh, trek through the Everglades and through all of these gumbo limbo trees. Well, did, we, did we talk about the gumbo limbo tree yet? We're not quite ready to go down there. Oh, okay. We haven't well, finished the, the banyan tree. I told you we're winging this. Oh yeah, the banyan tree. You have to <laughs> right. see that. Here's a picture of that thing. It's a spiny rooted tree that all grows together. They're, they're quite plentiful in Florida. This one happens to be here on Anhinga Trail. It's so great. People usually sit here and get their picture taken and I'm sure those of you that know us, you've seen our picture in front of that tree. <laughs> now you know where it came from. Yeah, it's really interesting to see the water flowing, and I think I've even noticed it flowing at a higher rate. And there's this one particular area on the Ahinga Trail where when the alligator babies are born, we seem to find the alligator laying there and the babies on each shore. In fact, we weren't able to get it on film today, but we did see about a 16-inch long baby alligator, so I'm guessing it's close to two years old, possibly. We didn't see the mother around anywhere, but there was an area where you could measure the heights of the water. Yeah, that's interesting too. This time going through, we, we haven't been here for oh, a couple of weeks, but the last time we were out here, the water was considerably higher. And it seems that back here in Anhinga Trail in the, in the water or in the lake, when the water is high, you see very few alligators because they're deep. And at night when you walk back here with a flashlight and you shine the flashlight over the water, you can see the pink eyes of the alligators on the surface. And I'm telling you, at night there's sometimes where it looks like there's hundreds of them. And now there's very few because they're deep in the water. But they'll be out as the as the as summer approaches and the water warms up a little bit. Right, when we went to the end of the walkway, when you go in the Hinga Trail, if you go straight ahead, you'll see a fork in the road. But if you continue straight, there's like a, a viewing deck. And in the summertime, the weeds are not as tall as they are now. And there's usually lots of alligators around. But... I only found one alligator there today, and I brought him back home with us. <laughs> Which is it okay if we bring him home with us? Can we put him in our terrarium? Yeah, sure. You'll grow to what do they grow? A foot a foot a year, or four feet, two yeah, feet a year? I have or this baby little alligator. I don't. You can see him. I'm petting him. For those of you who are listening to podcasts, don't worry. It's actually a fake alligator that I bought from the gift store. But he <laughs> is so cute. He's going to have a new place on my desk. They make great paperweights. Definitely. Did you see that Anhinga bird? What was he doing in the water? Yeah, we, we were walking this trail, this wooden uh, trail around the Anhinga Trail, and we saw an actual Anhinga bird. That's where the name comes from. The Anhinga Trail is named after the Anhinga bird. And you've seen other videos or pictures that we've projected and put on Facebook where you see the Anhinga with their wings spread open. They have less oil in them than most birds, so they spread their wings in the sun to dry their wings. And look at this one. Those of you that are watching this on video, you can see this Anhinga. I think he was beating his wings in the water to scare up some fish. You, know, you can hear it and you can see what he's doing in the water. It was pretty cool. Good to see. Yeah, if you walk a little further on Anhinga Trail, there's another viewing porch or patio kind of landing area. 
on top of the little shelter, the shade, the shade building there, I guess you'd call it, there is a webcam. So you can actually look online for a Hinga Trail webcam and probably see the same thing that we saw today. Also, there's a, quite a bit of boardwalk there you can walk in. It, each, the area changes a little bit more. There's a lot of the, um, the things that are growing on trees that are sort of brown now that will turn brightly green and have beautiful flowers later in the year. It's handicap accessible, so you could easily walk someone with a wheelchair or something on the boardwalk. You're not allowed to bring dogs, although we did see one dog on the trail today. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a great place. And uh, so I guess when you come out of Anhinga, then you go straight and right at the entrance to Anhinga, you'll see a sign that says Gumbo Limbo Trail. That's the Gumbo Limbo Trail. We're finally there. We're there. All right, it's a trail. You can see from the sign here, it goes in a circle and it's about seven eighths of a mile long. And it walks you back through all of the Gumbo Limbo trees. And again, those of you watching on YouTube, on the video version of this podcast and YouTube presentation, you'll see the explanation of what a, a gumbo limbo tree is. But this is a great trail. They have snails. I can't think of the name of the, tr the snails that are up in the trees, but they were very popular and they were collector's items in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And people used to collect them and they were very valuable. We didn't find any today. No, we looked for them but didn't see them. We've seen them before. They're very colorful, but uh, no, we came up empty-handed today. At the entrance of the Gumbo Limbo Trail, there's a whole little story about what Hurricane Andrew did to the Everglades. And I think we saw some evidence of that on the trail. And Rich shows you a little bit in this video where I'm standing in front of the root ball of a tree. I'm almost six foot tall and it was taller than my outstretched arms. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, the trees here in Florida, uh, their root system is very shallow. It's spread out wider than it is deep because of the limestone underneath. The, uh, three feet under our feet right now is nothing but limestone. So the trees grow very shallow. And in this video, you'll see the actual root ball. When the tree fell over, it pulled the root up. And the diameter of that has got to be eight feet. And it's... Uh, you, there's things living in it. I mean, it's it's really cool back back there. And we saw two or three more smaller root balls as we were walking. And just note on the Gumbo Limbo Trail, it is not handicap accessible. So you would not you could push a stroller, but not a wheelchair. There there are lots of roots that are under the pavement, and sometimes we people have been known to fall off the sidewalk, maybe, and. You have to be really careful, but there's not, you won't fall very far. You just like trip and fall into some shrubbery or something, but it's worth the walk and it's very, very pretty. And there's a couple areas with there's some little ponds and we actually found a new trail today that's pretty wide and mowed that we're going to investigate in a future podcast. What's the name of that? The Ingram, Ingram? Old Ingram Highway, Old I think. Ingram Highway. We're going to Google Earth that. You could do that too. Old Ingram Highway. And look at how that goes actually through the Gumbo Limbo Trail. We're, we're going to uh, probably pack a lunch and throw a backpack on and just take a hike back there for a couple of miles anyway. But it's a beautiful area. Well, was, this is sure a nice place to record from here today. It's just beautiful. It's probably 74 degrees, breezy, no bugs. I wish I'd brought lunch. Yeah, this is. Uh, there's a couple of people camping in here. It's a campground. We'll show you more of that in the episode that we devote to Long Pine Campground, but it is absolutely gorgeous back here, and it, the weather couldn't be better today. It's just perfect. We hope this comes out 
on YouTube as well as it seems to. I mean, the sun is perfect. And, and watch for us on Rumble and all the new other social media platforms too. Yeah, Rumble, we're already on six podcast platforms, Spotify, Google, all of the popular podcast platforms will be up on YouTube very soon. This is episode two of the podcast and the YouTube. Episode one is already up just on the podcast side. So when we get our our passwords and things ready for YouTube, we're going to post both of the episodes on YouTube at the same time. Yeah, and what, what should somebody do if they want to have us come and film from their place or if they offer some activity? Yeah, we're looking for sponsors for this podcast and this YouTube channel. If you want some special attention devoted just to your business, we'd be happy to do that. We're accepting one-year sponsorships. You can contact us at 630-642-6500. That's 630-642-6500. Or you can reach either Lori and I by email. My email is rich at rich and Lori in South Florida. And Lori's is? Lori at rich and Lori in South Florida.com. Okay. I guess that's it. What do you say? Let's put that's, a cork on this one. That's a wrap. All right, good. Well, until next time. Thank you for watching and or listening to Rich and Lori in South Florida. We hope you have enjoyed the program and that you will come back for the next episode to learn more about where to go and what to do when your travels bring you to tropical South Florida. If you would like to sponsor this program and get special attention on your place of business, you can contact Rich and Lori in South Florida at 630-642-6500. That's 630-642-6500.